You're listening to Her Path to Success, a podcast to empower women to pursue a career that aligns with their passions and core values. We encourage women to show up, take actions, and thrive in their own ways. If you're looking to get inspired and expand your mind, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Her Path to Success. I'm your host Peggy Wu. I'm so excited to be speaking with Gabby Valdez on the show today. Gabby is a dating coach for singles looking for love. She helps her clients find someone special to enjoy life with. I loved chatting with Gabby about all things dating. She offers some amazing advice for singles who are looking for love, especially those who are looking to get back out there after taking a break during the pandemic. She answered some questions I have, as well as some questions submitted from our listeners. So I want to say thank you so much to those of you who submitted your questions. Okay, so even if you're in a committed relationship, I think you'll learn a lot from this episode. Managing relationships, after all, is the one of the biggest keys to a happy life. Whether it's with your romantic partner, a friend or family member, or a work colleague, Gabby shares insights that will help you find healthier relationships in all areas of your life. Without further ado, let me introduce you to. Gabby Valdez. Hey there, I'm Gabby Valdez, and I'm a dating coach for singles looking for love who are ready to finally find their person. And I help singles. I've helped dozens of singles find their special someone to enjoy life with. So, some fun facts about me: I am originally from Long Beach, California, but I now reside in Chicago, Illinois. I am a personality type. Obsessed, or I'm obsessed with personality types. So I'm an ENFP. I'm an Enneagram Four.、Um, yeah, and that's just a little bit about me. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Peggy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I've been waiting <laughs> to interview you. This is something I've been looking forward to. So I'm gonna get into it. So tell me, why did you become a dating coach? <laughs> Such a good question, especially <laughs> since dating coaching. I feel like that's like a new emerging, you know, field. Like, oh, I've never heard of a dating coach. I get that often.、Um, but so. There's two stories to this. So the first is personal experience. I really did struggle with dating and also relationships、um, for as long as I could remember. I always wanted to find my life partner,、um, despite growing up. I or despite hearing a different message growing up. I always heard focus on your career, be independent, don't need anyone, just focus on. You know your education and work. Don't worry about falling in love. So I always heard that messaging, and then I also like picked up messages from the media of like this is what love is. It's up and down roller coaster. So I got a lot of confusing messages. Despite that, I really wanted to find my person. And then for decades, I kept on dating people that were non-committal,、um, didn't 
want to meet my needs or needed space from me to figure out whether or not they wanted to be in the relationship or didn't want to introduce me to their friends. Like all these things that were really hurtful at the time I justified it. I was like, okay, well maybe they're just the rational type or maybe like they're going through a lot with work. Um, Then I ended up actually feeling really lonely and unsatisfied in a lot of my relationships. So I've been in either like situationships that have lasted from like three months to a a couple years, or even in long-term relationships that lasted like three years and beyond. Um, Despite having different experiences, I still felt either lonely or unheard or unseen, or I would feel um, like glimpses of like feeling understood and kindness, but then it would shift to feeling like cold and distant. So it was a lot of hot and cold and on and off again. So lots of struggles. Um, And then I had to, I realized, or there's a part of me that always kind of longed for like closeness, intimacy, emotional intimacy, being understood, um, sharing life with a partner through the ups and downs. Like that part of me always existed. I, I, towards the last few years, I started turning up that voice louder because there was a lot of doubt of like, is this even possible? People aren't even meeting the bare minimum. Um, So being able, actually, I ended up working with Ken Page, who was my dating coach and a psychotherapist, and he taught me a lot about the skills of intimacy. So essentially, I started showing up as myself. I started getting really clear about what was important to me, like commitment, vulnerability, courage, um, being able to have challenging conversations from the beginning. And as I started shifting my mindset, my behavior changed as well, started showing up showing up in ways that I really wanted to and also ways that brought me joy as opposed to showing up how I should be, like how, you know, so being the cool girl or um, not talking about emotions, right? Like being cool, calm and collected. Um, So essentially I started being more myself and that changed my dating life completely. I started meeting more like kind, warm, generous people. Um, And of course this seems like it's not as perfect as I'm making it seem. It was a lot of trial and error and it was an active process. Um, but then six months later, after working with Ken Page and practicing and applying these skills, um, I was able to find the love of my life. Um, and just it's night and day from being in a committed, long-term, really fulfilling relationship versus um, feeling anxious all the time, feeling insecure, questioning the relationship all the time, trying to work on the relationship all the time to make it work. Now it feels more peaceful. It feels easy. Um, So that's like the long-winded like personal experience of like, I struggled. I wanted to change it. I built the relationship of my dreams. I made it happen. Um, And then more on just like the educational side, like I've always been interested in relationships. I have a background in communication. So a lot of my coaching focuses on communication skills. And then I have my master's in behavioral psychology and analysis. So focusing on communication behavior, in addition to being a life coach, and then also training and getting um, specific education around dating and emotional intimacy. You know, what I'm hearing <laughs> is vulnerability, right? Being okay with showing vulnerability and expressing your need. I think these are two things that are not easy for a lot of us. 
So Gabby, before I got you on the show, I actually did a little survey and I got some questions from people, um, what they're dying to ask, right? A dating coach. So may I present you with some questions? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. So what are the signs of an unhealthy romantic relationship? So I will say that it's, it's going to be hyper specific to you in terms of the people that you're attracting. Like there are two types of attractions. There are attractions that feel really deprivational and there are attractions that feel really inspiring and expansive. Um, that said, I will give you um, some general guidelines of what it might feel like when you find yourself in an unhealthy dynamic or an unfulfilling dynamic. Um, it's, it's one-sided. It feels like you're constantly putting in the effort. Um, you're trying to be heard all the time. You're trying to maybe prove your worth, prove your value, but it's not being acknowledged or reciprocated. You might feel like you're too much or you're too sensitive, you're too needy, too emotional, anything with the word too in front of, you know, too serious, too, um, uh, like type A, right? Whatever that may be, it's like, it's going to be hyper-specific to you, but you're going to really feel like just this non-enoughness. You're going to be hyper-focused again on, on, the, on your partner or the person that you're dating. Um, how can I get them to like me? What can I do to get them to commit? What can I do to make it easier on them? It feels like you're channeling a lot of your time and energy and resources and you're being generous but it's not being reciprocated. Um, so in addition to that, there's also like feeling like you're constantly triggered. Um, and I also had this mindset of, if it's not hard, if it's not difficult, if I don't have to tough it out, then it's not worth pursuing. And that mindset got me in trouble a lot because I would find myself in relationships where I was like, I need to be more patient or I need to be more understanding or they're going through a tough time. and Minimizing my needs, uh, compromising on my well-being and my mental health in pursuit of their well-being and pursuit of the relationship, really prioritizing that over myself. Um, you might also feel like you're losing yourself in the relationship. Um, you might feel afraid to say no because maybe in the past, no hasn't been received well. You might feel like you have to commit to something that you're not ready to. Um, so yeah, feeling drained, feeling exhausted, forcing things to make things work, constantly looking for the answer to help improve your relationship. It's likely that um, this relationship might not be the best fit for you. And we can really tell by our anxiety. So your anxiety is likely coming up for a reason. It's here to tell you something. What it's trying to tell you, we don't know. And that's exactly what I like to coach my clients through. It's like, what is this anxiety trying to tell you? It's going to be very specific to yourself. If you want to try this at home, like ask yourself, how does my anxiety make sense right now? What is important to me? What is the need that's not being met? You can also do that for other emotions, whether it's frustration, sadness, or anger, just getting really curious about what your emotions are trying to tell you and seeing them as signals versus um, something to get rid of or something you shouldn't be feeling. I love that. And, you know, I wonder if people feel, a lot of us feel that 
you know, with our jobs, right? We have to work hard so we can get rewarded with that promotion, that raise. So is it the same with relationships? People have this belief that, oh, I have to work hard. If it's too easy, it's probably not good. Yes. You bring up a really good point because how I showed up in my love life was also how I showed up in my career. Um, Before working for myself, I worked at, you know, I worked at a lot of different types of jobs um, and I learned a lot. And also I found myself in similar situations of where I had to prove my worth. Um, I had to bend over backwards in order for them to see the value of my work. I felt like I couldn't say no, or when I did say no, it wasn't received well. Um, I ended up leaving actually a lot of jobs um, because I didn't feel emotionally safe in those environments. I felt like I couldn't be vulnerable or if I was vulnerable, it wasn't received well. Um, Actually much later in my career, I ended up actually finding a really amazing um, company. And I was really surprised because I had like consistently worked for, I will say um, like amazing companies, but again, I didn't feel like I belonged. So I don't want to like shame or bash like my, my last couple of jobs, but I never felt like I truly belonged. So the lesson I learned from that is like, it wasn't a good fit. And I also felt very deprived of what I actually needed in those positions And I wasn't able to fully access like my strengths or my vulnerability or my courage in those environments. So essentially I wasn't in the right environment, not their fault, not my fault. And then through trial and error, I actually ended up finding this company, um, like shameless plug, Alma La Vida, (laughs) who was like like the most amazing work culture, purposeful, emotionally safe company I've ever worked for, like receives boundaries, really compassionate, still gets stuff done, like is really supportive. Like it's just such a night and day difference when you start to realize like how our mindset and the things that we believe run the show. Like if I believe that I'm not worthy, I'm likely going to stay in situations, jobs, relationships, um, where that reinforces my belief. I believe that, oh, maybe I do, or I get curious about, oh, I actually want more, or I want to feel seen, or I want to feel heard, I want to have a work-life balance, I want to be understood by my boss, or my colleagues, or my partner, then we're going to start actively seeking that, and saying no to opportunities that aren't the best fit for us, but then saying yes to the opportunities that actually align with us, and what we want. What type of people are not dating coachable? Yeah, such a good question. And I will say that most people are coachable. The clients that see the best results are the ones that are willing to try new things and are willing to embrace being human or being able to embrace the mess, right? Of I'm going to put myself out there and be vulnerable and see what happens. Like really treat this as an experiment and get more information to then uh, shift or tweak the plan, right? So it's really about seeing like life and love as an experiment and getting curious about it. So yeah, the clients that see the best results are the ones that are willing to try new things that are open-minded, that are excited to learn, but also to apply things and that are also willing to sit with discomfort. So a lot of the growth happens from taking a look inward, looking at the things that maybe hurt or uncomfortable And then learning, well, being with that emotion, 
learning from it and then turning that experience into something else. So really having that creativity of like, I'm going to turn this, make the best out of a hurtful situation and then make the most out of it. Um, I also want to say it's really important that it's being coachable does, is not connected to age. Cause I hear this a lot of like, Oh, it's too late for me. It's too late to find my person. It's too late to date. Um, so I have actually had clients that have thrived and they're 27. I've had clients 40. I've had clients that are 70. I've also done this work alongside someone who was 80. So it's not about age. Um, it's really about the values that you have. If this is something that's important to you and you're willing to get uncomfortable, but you want to try something new, you want to see results in your love life, then it's certainly worth pursuing. What are the top five tips you have for meeting people in real life? Oh, okay. I want to be as concise as I can, but before we get into that, I will say my first, the first step is actually getting clear on who you're attracted to, because depending on who you're attracted to, um, that's going to yield a certain result. If you're attracted to like the bad girl or boy type or the non-committed committal type, or, um, someone who needs more time, like, you know, what I shared in the beginning of the podcast, if you're attracted to a certain emotional type, you're likely going to feel frustrated either, you know, online or offline, you're still going to see the same result. So my, my suggestion is actually to get really clear on who you're attracted to and why, and then without force change actually who you're attracted to. Um, and that involves like being discerning, knowing what your values are, saying no to the wrong fit people, practicing, practicing, practicing dating and showing up. Um, when you have a, an idea or understanding of who you're attracted to and the ability to shift that, then some suggestions I would say um, meeting people in real life are um, join a values-based um, event. So like what I mean by a values-based event is like join something that you really enjoy doing. So say that you like, you know, rock climbing, maybe you join a gym you surround yourself with people who have similar values, or maybe you really like personal development or spirituality or social justice, join events, join communities where that is something that they also are practicing. So being able to look for these places, like find your people. So either you'll find a person there, or maybe they'll know someone who has similar values that they can introduce you to. So join the things that you want to do, find things that bring you joy, try those things. Um, you can also do that online and offline. Um, you might also reach out to friends and ask them to set you up. The next level of this is even going on your friend's Facebook or Instagram and looking for other single people that you're curious about and then reaching out to your friend and being like, hey, I saw so-and-so. Do you think that they would be interested in meeting? So you're you're also put doing the research, you're putting in the work and you're also letting your friend know, hey, I'm interested in this person. Do you think it would be a good match? Um, so that provides more direction for your friend as opposed to being like, hey, can you set me up? It's like, you're, you're putting in the work, you're showing interest, you're being enthusiastic about it. And the really cool thing about leaning on our friends is they, your friends 
and you share similar values and similar qualities. And they're also likely going to be connected with people with similar qualities and mindsets and interests. So you, you already have a web of people that you can rely on. And it's really about like tapping into that. Um, so those are some, some tips. <laughs> Great tips. I love that. Okay. So uh, this is similar. They're asking, what are the top ways that people meet? Yeah. So it really depends on the clients. Um, so I don't want to be like, the, this is like the only way. A lot of my clients do meet on apps. A lot of my clients do meet or have met a partner by asking to be set up or at work. Um, so really just being yourself is actually the most important thing. So yeah, you can, you can go out online and offline and meet people, but the most important thing is actually your strategy um, and how you show up while you're dating versus how to get more dates. So the most important thing is actually be yourself. If you like certain music or dance or um, certain movies and you feel a little, little bit timid to share those things, or maybe you have a business and you feel really excited about it or a passion project, but you feel shy to share that with the people you date. That's actually where you're going to get the best result is by being, being vulnerable, sharing the things that you're passionate and interested in and seeing who resonates with that. So the right fit people are going to be like, wow, that's great. That's amazing. Tell me more. The wrong fit people might be either not listen or um, not be interested and that's okay. So we really want to treat dating as an opportunity for you to be discerning and to find your people. Good. Then someone asked, do you have a definition for high value men and women? Yeah. So I actually like to stay away from high value because <laughs> then that puts it in like a better than less than perspective. And that just feels really icky to me. Um, again, if that's something that you believe in, that's okay. Um, but my personal experience is like, I want to connect with people that I feel safe with, emotionally safe with, spiritually safe with intellectually safe with? Are they going to receive my needs? Are they going to provide me assurance? Are they going to create a space where I can be vulnerable, be messy, but then also um, someone who is assertive, someone who can take action? Um, so I will say that the number one quality that leads to long-term success in a relationship is kindness. It seems really simple, but it's not easy because a lot of the times, especially how, if we have the mindset of I'm too much, I'm too sensitive, we tend to justify hurtful behavior and our kindness definition kind of gets skewed. Um, so kindness is actually the number one indi indicator for success of, in a long-term relationship. Are they holding space for your emotions? Do they validate your experience? Do they hear you out? Do they remember things? Do they offer support? Do they prioritize the relationship? So getting really clear on what you need in order to feel safe and then finding a partner from that place. So many like, nuggets of wisdom. I love it. <laughs> okay. So this question is, what's your advice for people who have not gone on a date in a long time, especially due to the pandemic? What are the tips to get yourself back into dating? Another good question. So my advice, my suggestion <laughs> is to start. 
right? So you're actually going to gain confidence from going through the experience. Um, try your best to remove the expectation to show up perfectly. To be perfect means I need to have experience dating or I need to have experience in relationships. So those qualities actually, again, don't determine long-term success in a relationship. It's not about longevity. It's not about um, having a lot of relationships. It's really about the courage to try. That's actually how we get confidence um, is by trying. So instead of believing that we need more confidence to try dating, you actually need more courage to put yourself out there. Um, I love this quote. I forget who created this. Um, but it's, if you wait for all of the lights to turn green, you will never leave the driveway. So if we wait for all the relationship and dating lights to turn green, you're never going to start. So the best thing that you can do for yourself is start now, start messy. You're going to learn and iterate along the way. So I want to ask you um, a question about your business. I'm really curious about running a business as a dating coach, what's the hard part and what do you love? Okay. So the hard part kind of changes depending on what season I am in my business. Like I think in the past year, it was um, getting really clear on what my mission is or like what I'm offering, what I, who I'm serving. Um, in the present, I will say the most challenging part is actually being visible, being seen. Um, <laughs> when it comes to coaching, that's the part I love. Like, I feel like I can be myself. I don't second guess that I I'm like in a flow. Like that's something I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling good about. It's so fulfilling. It's so rewarding. I love celebrating like client wins, um, working through their struggles, being with them in the trenches. Um, and it's funny because they're practicing vulnerability and they're practicing being visible. Um, and I love receiving that. Um, but when it comes to running my business, that's the thing that also frightens me the most. Uh, when I do podcast interviews, when I'm um, interviewed on Instagram, when I'm writing a blog post, when I'm writing captions for Instagram, I, I have this fear of being seen. Like I, I kind of get a vulnerability hangover and especially in podcasts because it's, it's such an intimate thing. And I'm sharing a lot about personal experiences, things I've gone through. So it really comes from the heart. Um, <laughs> so it's really raw. And so after, even though I love talking about my story, it's something that, you know, after recording, I'm like, Oh no, like did, did I do that? Like, what did I say that? Okay. What, did I, did that come across as what I wanted to? And like, and then I also have to remind myself, like, it's okay that it's not perfect. It's okay. Like you're noticing some fear from being visible. If I can support one person, if they can learn one thing from a podcast, then I've, I've succeeded. Um, but yeah, there's just this fear of being vulnerable and, and being seen. <laughs> Gabby, this might be a little personal, but if you could travel back in time, what would you tell the younger you when you first got your heart broken? I would tell myself, I would tell my younger self to not feel ashamed for falling hard for someone. Because during breakups, I remember, and a lot of my clients can relate to this too, of like when breakups happened, I would internalize that. Like they broke up 
with me because of X, Y, and Z. I wasn't good enough, or I was too needy, or you know, whatever that reason was. Um, and then that sadness turned into like anger or resentment towards myself. Like, how could I have fallen for someone like that again? Did I not learn my lesson? Did I not see the red flags? What's, you know, what's wrong with me? Like kind of going through that spiral of finding evidence um, around, you know, justifying that belief of like, you know, you're not good enough. So I would go back in time and tell my younger self to never feel ashamed for, for falling hard for someone to, to know that that's actually a gift to be able to attach or love or relate to other people. That is a huge gift and to never shame yourself for loving someone like falling in love, loving other people is a really amazing thing and an amazing experience. Um, and then like a, like a tiny, like a little footnote to that is like, and also learn how to be discerning or like trust yourself, right? Like, um, because not everyone is going to receive that gift well, and that's okay because they're not your people, but there certainly are people who are going to appreciate and love you back and reciprocate the same love that you give to them. Beautifully said. Um, you know, I, I think it's rejection that really hurts us, right? Hurts our pride. And, um, and then we start feeling like a failure if people don't love us back or love us the same way. Um, we take things very personal and then you're absolutely right. I mean, if one person or maybe 10 people don't love you, it doesn't mean that you're not lovable. It doesn't mean that your, your value is not there, right? It's just because you're, you haven't found the right person yet. So Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I want to use this opportunity to encourage everyone out there. If you're looking for love, don't give up. Yeah. Um, so this is my last question. <laughs> I asked all of my guests this question. What's your definition of success? Hmm. A fulfilling life or a meaningful life full of fulfilling relationships. I love the quote from Esther Perel. Um, she talks about the quality of your life is dependent on the quality of your relationships. And I believe that that's so true. So whether that's work relationships or, or friendships or your partner, um, being able to choose people that really be, like understand you and also are really enthusiastic about being in a relationship with you. So like choosing fulfilling relationships where you feel seen um, and, and surrounding yourself with those people because you're gonna experience a lot more joyful moments in your life when you're doing fulfilling, joyful work with people that you really enjoy being around. Same with friendships, like life is gonna feel more vibrant and exciting when you're sharing your life with friends. It's same with your partner. Life is going to feel a little bit more juicy and tender and warm when you have a partner who's going to be in it with you through the ups and downs. So it really is about the people and the connections. That's how I know that I've succeeded in my life. <laughs> and then also I feel the same joy from like my clients, like my clients give me so much joy <laughs> and we have that relationship too. So it really yeah, success is really dependent on the quality of your connections. Good. So how do people find you if they want to work with you? 
Yeah, so I have a website. It's my full name, Gabrielle Valdez, uh, Valdez with an S.com. And then I mostly hang out on Instagram too. So my handle is Gabrielle Valdez. Um, and then I also send out uh, more exclusive content to people on my weekly newsletter. So if you want more like um, insights and tools, check out um, my weekly newsletter and you can sign up on my Instagram, actually. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Peggy. This was so much fun. Well, let's hope that uh, we can talk again and maybe we can catch up and talk more about dating. Definitely. I'd love that. That was Gabby Valdez. I want to thank Gabby again for the great conversation about dating, finding love, and why relationships are so important to our happiness and success in life. What I love the most is the fact that being okay with vulnerability and expressing what you need in dating is so important. If you want to connect with Gabby, look for her on Instagram or visit her website. I'll have her information in the show notes. She's also offering six free checklists for her path to success listeners on how to filter out those people who aren't serious about being in a relationship. Getting them could save you a lot of heartache. So head over to the show notes for the link. If you enjoyed today's episode or this show, please help me spread the word and subscribe and follow. And please connect with me on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you think of the episode. Once again, I'll have all the information in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, sending you love from my heart. Until next time. Her Path to Success is here to remind you Define success your way, not based on what someone else is doing or what others expect of you. Remember that you are worthy and you have what it takes to succeed.